You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 151. From a marketing perspective, the ICF global marketing team is always doing scans of social media and printed media and electronic printed media to find out how people are talking about coaching, where people are talking about coaching. We're getting better and better at getting the word out so that when HR directors who aren't trained coaches are looking for a credentialed coach, they look to us first. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello there, and welcome back to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rinchler. I am always so excited to have you with us, and I'm excited to introduce you to our guest this week and the topic of this week. So often as a coach educator and mentor coach, I will be asked by fellow coaches, what is the benefit of being a member of a coaching organization. And in the instance of our show today, the International Coach Federation, which is the largest body of coaches in the world and is a credentialing organization. So if you are a member of the International Coach Federation, you abide by a set of ethics and a set of competencies. People who engage with an ICF coach know what to expect because we have a set of standards that we meet. So because I get asked this question, I thought, why don't I have the vice chair of the global board on our show to talk about a couple things? We're going to talk about what changes are happening at the ICF that create even more of a value proposition for those of us who would like to be a part of the organization. And we're going to talk about overall, what's even the value of being a member? What can I contribute? And what does sort of that, that John Kennedy quote, ask not what you can, what the nation can do for you, but ask what you can do for the nation. Well, it's sort of the same thing. Ask not what the ICF can do for you. Ask what you can do for the profession of coaching and the what comes back comes back to you tenfold. So our guest today is Master Certified Coach Sarah Smith. Sarah, as I mentioned, is the Vice Chair of the Global Board of the ICF, and she'll talk to us a little bit about what that's about. She has a broad range of experience that began in sales and then moved to sales management and then coaching and consulting. She grew up in IBM 
as a sales representative, then a manager and a leader, and then an internal consultant and coach, and has for many years now been a coach in her own business, bringing her value to organizations. She's written a book about coach to coach, talking about coaching athletic coaches and the value that is brought through there. She is a dear friend and has this perspective of what we as a coaching profession can do, the sort of evolution of coaching over the years. And I just really, whether you're a member of the ICF or not, this might be well worth your listen in what exactly are the changes on the horizon in the world of coaching? What kind of research does the ICF do that is available to us that we can, in fact, use to educate our clients about what the value proposition of coaching is? Now, Sarah was actually a very early guest on the Star Coach Show. She was in episode five, and we talked about being a lifelong learner and the different things that we we bring to the field of coaching. And this is a complete switch in in that A, since she has been was a guest in, in episode five, she's received her master certification. And she's done all this work with the ICF Global Board that is just really enlightening for the different things that are one of the largest organizational bodies of coaches, what they're doing and what we can access if we choose to be a part of that organization. So let's go to my interview with Sarah Smith as we explore the value of being a member of the ICF, but also just the evolution of coaching as a whole. Here we go. Sarah Smith, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thanks, Meg. Thanks for coming back. So Sarah has been somebody I have looked up to and have enjoyed spending time with for so many years. You were one of the first coaches that I met when I joined the ICF North Texas. Way back in the old days, we used to do two meetings, a Mm -hmm. Fort Worth meeting and a Dallas meeting. And we would hang out at the Fort Worth meeting and just have so much fun because it was a smaller, more intimate meeting. And now we're back to it. So if you're in North Texas, please join us at the ICF meeting. But Sarah, you play a particularly exciting, in my opinion, role at the ICF. Can you share a little bit about the roles you have currently and what that involves? Oh, sure. And I'm honored to have it. I'm on the ICF Global Board and I serve as the vice chair. That is so exciting. Back when you first, that campaign, some of you Star Coach listeners might have helped to elect Sarah to that position, the the original position she had on the global board, because I remember campaigning through the Star Coach show to help you get that position because I knew how much value you would bring. Well, thank you. Thank you. We can have a conversation about how the U.S. coaches in the ICF don't vote as much, but we won't go there. We won't go there now. So tell me a little bit, what, what is that like to be on the global board and what does that encompass? It is the opportunity to work with colleagues from all over the world. I, in fact, the only global board member from North America. Really? Uh, all the rest are from Europe, Dubai, Thailand, and India, and Africa. It's really a diverse group. It's, yes. it's amazing. 
And we focus on the strategic, both moving forward and the execution. of. So we create the strategy and then we measure the success against that strategy. Because our job is to bring value to coaches all over the world for their membership. It is the International Coach Federation. Absolutely. We really want that to be representative of the globe. So with that being said, so how often do you meet? We will have met three times this year face-to-face because, well, actually we will have met four times because we have a global leader forum every year where we bring together chapter leaders from all over the world. And that's an important enough event that the board is there to listen, to participate, to get a sense of of how our members are doing. So four times face-to-face. And one of the emphasis this year is that we are making some profound changes to the organization that, that are designed to move the ICF into coaching everywhere it exists more quickly. And that is exactly the topic of our conversation today. So when Sarah and I, there are many different things that Sarah could have come on the show to share. She's, she's an expert in many different areas and has her finger in lots of different pots of the coaching world. When we were talking about the focus of this interview, we decided that sharing about the organization that is really the largest and the most expansive for professional coaches, what some of those benefits are of being a part of the ICF, what that organization really offers just in the way of being sort of the face of coaching, and then these changes that are coming about. Sarah, you're the person that can share those with us. So let's start with talking about what the value to members is in the ICF. Like if if I'm a professional coach, what's the value of becoming part of my profession? Like why do I care? Yeah, why would, (laughs) so what? It's just, so it's going to, what, just cost me money? What's the value? Well, that's a great question because, and the answer comes in, in two flavors. What's the importance for an individual? And what's the importance because the whole profession's moving forward? Mm-hmm. And I'd start that by saying, I don't sit in an office somewhere and do global. I'm a coach in Fort Worth, Texas. I have clients, I market my business, I do all the things that every other coach does. And I believe that part of our legacy is to ensure that the profession is on better and better footing for the value of all of us. So with that as a backdrop, let me tell you about the organizational change because the ICF is is really committed to helping bring definition and clarity to coaching. Uh, If you, I haven't done it for several years, but I Googled coaching and I got the potty coach and the landscape coach and the graphics coach. Right. The ICF works really hard to differentiate us, professional trained coaches, from everyone else who thinks coaching is a really cool term. Such a value also, Sarah, because in... 11 years ago, when I trained to be a coach, I had a hard time sort of describing what that was. People didn't know what you've been a coach longer than that. But even today, when I have all these new coaches coming through the program, that concept of how do I describe what I do, or how do I get that branding sort of out there, that is something that the ICF has worked very hard to help us do. Right. And we've done it on a number of of platforms. We have worked with uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers for the last 12 years to survey and ensure that coaching is a viable profession. 
We've worked with the Human Capital Institute on every off year. So we do a major survey every year. And where do those results go? They're on the ICF website. And if you are a member and you log in as a member, you go to the research portal and all of those results are free to you. Other people pay, but for members, they're free. Another advantage of being a member. Yeah, Yeah, that's part of the value. The other side of that is the value of that work having been done. Because part of what we're doing with PwC is surveying how people perceive coaching. And with HCI, we work on how people are using coaching and the value of that. So in every respect, we're focusing on credentialed coaches doing work in the world. Now, we take that research and we go to every professional conference we can get into. We partner with the Association of Training and Developers. We partner with Human Capital Institute. We partner with universities all over the world. All of that to get the name of the ICF out, the definition of coaching, which, by the way, is a partnership between coach and client for the client to create their future. Now, the words are more elegant than that. But, but that's pretty elegant. And, and, yeah. and sometimes simple is the most elegant. Yeah. People ask me what I do as a coach. And I tell them, I help my clients define and get to their future faster and more effectively. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And what I love about that is that it's client-focused. So this is a little side, perhaps. But when we're talking about what we do, people want to know what are the results? What is it? What's in it for them? Not that you give them this coach speak. You want to help people understand what is the value of coaching. So that's just a little sort of aside when we think about how do we describe what we do. We don't make it about us. We make it about our clients. Right. And coaches are wise in 2019. The profession is evolving fast. There are some things we've done. We focus on the behaviors of good coaching. They're called the core competencies. Mm-hmm. What we've discovered as we've gotten better at that, our schools are teaching more effectively. People are understanding coaching more and more. A lot of the research work we started out doing with the Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000, now that impact is drifting down into the marketplace and more and more medium and small companies are beginning to understand the impact of coaching. That's what creates a marketplace for us to earn a living. And part of the job of the ICF is to help coaches do that. So I took some of the survey work from last year, Mm -hmm. which is the value of a coaching climate for change initiatives. I worked with the ICF staff and we, we created a presentation for coaches and coaches around the world are now using it to sell the value of coaching in a really intelligent way. Let's stop and pause there for just a second. So what I'm hearing you say uh-huh. is that if you're a member of the ICF, there is material, there's material that you can use, presentations. I know that there's also handouts that you can use to help support your marketing toward organizations or individuals to help them understand the value of coaching. Is that accurate? Boy, is it ever. If you log on to the ICF Global website as a member and you go to the member toolkit, there's marketing material that's designed for you to print on glossy paper and use as an insert in your proposals if you propose your work to to clients. Very professional for coaches in other parts of the country or the world. We have those in French and Spanish. We're expanding the, the number of languages. 
that were getting that material out. So you've got you got glossies, you've got uh, generic contracts and agreements. You have an amazing amount that we do a business development series. We work on the member side to make sure you have the tools that you need to understand business and to promote and sell your business. Then we have the coach referral service. If a client came to our website and said, I want to find a coach, our especially our credential coaches are listed there. Mm-hmm. And more and more people are finding engagements through the coach referral system. So, so it, it becomes the, the go-to place for people are learning about coaching. Mm-hmm. If, if I am HR head of the HR, and I know that I want coaching in my organization, but I'm not connected with any coaches, I'm going to go to the organization that is most widely known and has the most, the ethics structure, the, the competency structure that talks about what coaching does to be able to look for credentialed coaches. And that's something that the ICF offers. Absolutely. And, and know from a par- marketing perspective, the, the ICF global marketing team is always doing scans of social media and printed media and electronic printed media to find out how people are talking about coaching, where people are talking about coaching. We're getting better and better at getting the word out so that when HR directors who aren't trained coaches are looking for a credentialed coach, they look to us first. But by the way, if I could sort of oh please merge yeah. to the new organization, there is a huge impetus to get more coaching credibility into organizations. And I mentioned that one of the things that my team has been working on is how do we redesign the ICF so it meets the marketplace more effectively? So what kinds of things have you been doing? Well, we it was initially announced in March and the rollout is now occurring. We're creating separate family organizations for different me- needs. So the group that I'm on the board for will become the coach practitioner organization. That's where coaches go to be members. There's going to be a coaching in organizations, family organization. Their focus is bringing organizations together to understand more about coaching, to share intellectual property, to have conferences and conversations so that we introduce this notion of coaching deeper and deeper and more effectively, all of it to get more business for our coaches. That's two of the new organizations. Our pro bono social impact organization, the ICF Foundation, is already a separate organization. It's really exciting. We're creating what's going to be known as the Thought Leadership Institute. And it really will be an institute in the classic sense that we're working with coaches and non-coaches. We're looking for behavioral scientists and neuroscientists and people like that to become a part of the Thought Leadership Institute to research and create the future of coaching in ways that we haven't imagined. Wow. Yeah, that will be a separate organization. And then we're going to separate credentialing individuals, those of us who've gone through and gotten our credentials, that will become a separate organization because then the International Standards Organization, ISO, will be more inclined to award our credentials, ISO, approval because that organization is going to be separate. The final organization we're creating is coach training so that our coach training partners, we elevate our relationships with them Mm -hmm. and our communications so that we can roll effective training out more quickly. 
So if you look at this new universe, if you will, of organizations, we've got individuals and we've got organizations and we've got thought leadership and we've got the foundation for social impact. Then we've got credentialing and accreditation. All of of those. And and I know that in one of my previous interviews with Georgina Woodstra, we talked about a special credential for group and team coaching. Is that actually kind of in the works as well? What what we're beginning with, yes, we are one of the reasons why we move credentialing to be separate is so that we now have a place for credentials from all areas land. Okay. Because think about the possibilities of micro credentials, if you will, for managers and leaders using coaching skills or internal coaches mm-hmm. or team coaches or group coaches or so absolutely we want to open the aperture so all of that begins to happen more quickly. One thing that we started a couple of months ago was the research to create team and group coaching competencies. There are a lot of us who've done that over time, and we mm-hmm. know that it's different yeah. than individual coaching. So we've taken our partners in job analysis that we hired to refresh the core competencies and said, now the next thing we're going to do, let's take that body of knowledge and expand it so that we understand the behaviors of great group and team coaches. And that work will take a couple of years because we we have an organization who is invested in continuing to further the organization, to dig deeper, to get more creative, to come up with how do we as coaches show up and bring that value in different ways? Absolutely. And if a member says, wait a minute, you're changing a lot of stuff. The answer is uh, yes. <laughs> you know, you're either going to be wagging the tail or you're going to be the tail. We choose to move to the front end and to do it in a way that's really compelling. As we get the core competency work done, the ones who are going to hear about it first are our accredited trainers so that they have the opportunity to respond to it. So when they're rolled out to the membership and the membership turns to the schools and says, what are they doing? The coach trainers are going to say, hey, this is not a problem. Here's how we're going to to move into that. So it is changing to be sure. It's intelligent change because we have a bigger and bigger responsibility all the time to our members. And I think you mentioned that even the name of the organization is going to shift just a little bit. It is. And I'm probably pre-announcing this and I'm not above that. Okay. Uh, as long as okay, because if we need to, we'll, we'll, we'll step over that. You know, I can be Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. We have been the International Coach Federation, the ICF. We will remain the ICF. We're becoming the International Coaching Federation, which to, that simple change suggests so much more. It is the profession. It's the science of it. It's the future of it. It's the automation of it. It's the responding to artificial intelligence of it. It's all of that. And that's why we're creating six parallel organizations. So the move into that future is is faster and more effective. And by the way, I wanted to be sure and mention that all of these are tied together by a global board that's made up of all of the boards and creates the strategy that then permeates and becomes the strategy for each of the organizations. So it's very thoughtful and intentional and planful. Everything that's happening comes from these minds coming together and 
continuing to challenge us, I think, to be better, to be more thoughtful, to be more of a united profession. Absolutely. So when we, to this day, I'll still get calls from people, and I probably will continue, who say, you know, I just don't see the value in being credentialed. I mean, I'm maybe I've bought into a franchise as a coach, or I'm, and I'm not dissing anybody's coaching, but I would wonder for people who say, or maybe even students of mine who have gone through 10 years ago, and they've said, you know, I kept up with my credential for a couple of years, and then I let it go. I, what What's the value of that? Should I go ahead and get my credential back? What would you say about the value of that? You know, we're working to create a marketplace that says there's a difference between an ICF credentialed coach and anybody else who thinks they ought to have that label. And we're really clear about that. In fact, when I talk to somebody about hiring a coach, I consistently say, if you don't hire me, hire an ICF credentialed coach because you know what you're getting. They're, they're trained in the definition of coaching, the behaviors of coaching, the ethics of coaching. And that's what that credential says to the marketplace. Now, why should we buy into that? Because we as an organization with all of our, our studies are saying, you know, there are coaches and there are coaches hire an ICF credential coach for those very reasons. And what we're finding is that major organizations are beginning to agree with us. I, I know now this is totally what I've heard, but there are, are large organizations that say, if you're not an ICF credentialed coach, thank you very much. Oh, I've had that experience. I've had to prove that I am ICF certified coach in order to even be considered for a position. Absolutely. That's happening more and more in the U.S. government. The standard for coaching in the European Union is one that our coaches in France worked with government officials to get that definition of coaching to be us. Every time we do a study, we differentiate ICF coaching, trained behavioral people who continue their education with uh, ethics that ethical stance that, that a client can call on. So we are differentiating that. I talked to a cl- uh, coach in Houston who'd been coaching at a government agency for years. And she said, do you think I need a credential? And I said, as long as the person who loves you is working, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But if they ever retire, the answer may be yes. So do you need a credential? Only you can answer that. Can you get a credential? It opens up a lot. And we would not have had this conversation 10 years ago because it was not that big a deal. Right. And that's what what I really want people to hear. People who have been in in coaching for decades, because there certainly are people who have been in coaching for decades, that the entire attitude and sort of atmosphere of that is changing. And that's how come I thought it was so important for us to have this discussion today, because Things are shifting. I've had contracts make a requirement that, and it's not, and once again, not dissing any other organization, nope. but it has been specific ICF, not any of the other credentialing organizations, because I believe that the ICF is making a name for themselves in the research that they're doing, in the structure that they have set up for what coaches have to do to stay credentialed and to be credentialed? We're showing up differently, both as an organization and as individuals, and it's making a difference. That's what's happening. So should you get a credential? I don't know. Where do you want to do business? Right. I mean, exactly. it's, and it's a, obviously, it's 
we're not preaching to anybody here. You do what works best for you. But I just thought it was such a value to reiterate what the ICF offers, because I don't know that everybody knows that. So I was sharing with Sarah right before our interview that I've been a member of the National Association of Social Workers for probably 30 years. I'm sure that the NASW has many of the same benefits that we're talking about here. However, as a social worker, you're licensed through a different organization. So with the ICF, it's it's a one-stop shop and just has so many resources that I don't think people know. Things like the calendar. Can you talk us a little bit about what's offered on the ICF calendar? Oh, on the global calendar? Yeah, on the training, like the CEO oh, calendar. And the- yeah, you can, any chapter, any region, any affiliated organization, that is delivering CCEs in, in any form can be on this calendar. It's huge. And we've made, we've worked to make it really easy to use. I will say that back when I joined the ICF 10 years ago, the calendar was a little bit daunting. Now you can literally go on, say, I want, if it's any of everybody's listening and thinking, well, I'm not trained yet to be a coach, but I want to do that. You can pick what are coaching schools and then Mm -hmm. Show you coaching schools. If you need 10 core competency credits for your next recredential, you can go in there and actually pick continuing education, core competency, 10 hours. You can get that specific and it will bring options for you to choose from. So it is an incredible value. And I believe you have to log in before you can access the calendar, but I don't know. You do because it's a member benefit. Yeah. The other thing that we have sharpened enormously are our communities of practice. We put uh, staffing and real effort around creating those communities. They're a place where you can get continuing credits. And there are 11 interest areas like executive coaching and internal coaching and coaching in HR, coaching in government, ethics. It's go into the website, search on communities of practice. We have formalized that so that we have staff support to make the technology happen. They use whatever tool you can get several thousand people on. And we have staff that manages that. There are four calls a year for each one of them. They're free for members. And, and you, you get can, continuing education. For absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, and they're recorded so you can go back and hear them. There's all sorts of advantages there. In fact, if you are courting a corporate client, invite them to a community practice call because you can take a guest. Guests can attend one of any of the calls for free. So it's a great marketing tool. There is a tremendous amount of support for coaches to be more effective. And and we haven't even talked about chapters. So let's talk about the chapter. That's where we met. And it is really one of the bright spots of my life. So let's talk a little bit about, you've seen chapters around the world. I have. I'm really fortunate. One of the things I get to do because I'm on the board is that we intentionally place our board meetings globally. And my next trip for a board meeting will be to Kenya. And I'll be visiting a chapter in Cape Town. And we focus a lot of attention on chapters, on helping chapter leaders be effective and create communities. Because for the most part at this point in our, in our profession, a lot of us are individual, you know, solopreneurs. And so part of what we're bringing together is community for training, for understanding, for community, for networking. Mm-hmm. And so I know our chapter 
is, boy, it's an anchor place for me. It's where I go to see my friends. And I will tell you that I send business to my colleagues. When I get calls that don't fit my profile, I send them to my colleagues in, in my chapter. And I've gotten work, some of, some of my longest, most productive clients have come from friends in, in North Texas. Well, and it's one of the things that I hear often is that it can be isolating being a solopreneur. And when you can tap into a like-minded group of people who do training together, I mean, because usually, at least at North Texas, we're doing a training with our with our chapter meeting, but we, and we're coaches, so we've got to be sure we tap in social time at the beginning and at the end of that. Because that's very important. That's what we do. Yeah. And when I've talked at other, I've been invited to be a guest at other chapters. And obviously, if I'm a guest, then they're doing training there as well, because that's what I'm there to do. So there is, I joined the ICF chapter when I was a student, when I was a coaching student. And have have, it has been just a, a grounding, a cornerstone for my business building and my friend building and my community building ever since. But I mentioned the Global Leader Forum. We, d- we started six years ago to bring chapter leaders together from all over the world. The last meeting was in Dublin. The next one's going to be in Fort Worth, Texas. Well, hot diggity dog. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And what we've done is bring these leaders together to help solidify their leadership, give them tools and guidance. And every time we bring them together, it is to teach a skill. The last one was succession planning. Before that, it was finances. It's so that the chapters will be anchored in good business practice so that they can then not have to invent that every time, but focus on what they want to be for their members and for the community. What Meg and I have talked about is what's in it for us. Right. And I will tell you that chapters work on getting the word about local coaches out into the community. In North Texas, we're going to have an event in October called Celebration of Coaches, Celebration of Coaching. And it's designed to teach our corporate clients what coaching is about. I'll be giving the presentation. I I talked about the value of coaching in corporate change initiatives. We'll be honoring organizations that use coaching. It's an opportunity for our coaches to bring their potential clients in and hear success stories. A bit like the PRISM event. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that's what our chapters are doing all over the country, all over the world. One of the things we touched on, and I know we just have a little bit of time left, but when we talk about the, you talked about artificial intelligence earlier, and I'm just wondering what you might want to share that's top of mind to you about that. The most important thing Coaches get nervous about, wow, you know, there are vendors that would sell coaching apps. Here's a thing to be confident in. Those apps are designed to distill data to get answers. We call it results-based coaching. So if you are a results-based coach, just be aware that you're in the crosshairs of technology. If you go to the ICF definition of coaching, it is a partnership for a client for development and moving forward. An app can't do that. The difference between doing and being, which is a cornerstone of coach training. Do do we do doing? Of course we do. But that can't be the focus because artificial intelligence can do it faster than we can. It is that human connection 
curiosity, intuition. That's what differentiates us. I encourage you as a coach, member of ICF or not, to work at developing yourself to get beyond just results-based coaching because anybody with a list of questions after a you know, a little training, even an, even a, a robot can do that. And that's a real threat that we face. So, And it's really the difference between yeah. sort of skimming across the top with your client and helping them get right to action versus depth and, and the depth of being and how we want to live and show up and then get to how that impacts our overall results. But that's something that artificial intelligence will not be able to do for us. That's the partnering with the client and helping the client make that self-determined, self-directed change. And if I were going to say to a coach who said, either I'm a member and I'm not getting any value or I don't know why to to join, Mm -hmm. I would suggest that coaches choose to be contributors rather than consumers. You know, get in there and contribute. Be part of a work group. There's a lot to be learned. Every time we put something in action, it's one of the questions asked is, how can we help our member coaches become better at what they do? So know that everything around the ICF is coach and client focused and and there is a purpose and you can take advantage of it if you choose to be a contributor rather than just a consumer. Don't go to a meeting, sit in the back and say, okay, Give it to yeah, give it. I, I'm here to receive. And I will tell you that the things that I have done, whether it's coaching at the Texas Women's Conference or yeah. being on the board of our chapter or presenting at different chapters, it is, it gives back so much. Anything I give, I feel like I receive tenfold. And I don't do that so that I receive tenfold, but it's just the, the sense of community and energy. Sarah, thank you for coming and helping thank us. You understand what this global organization is all about and what is there that maybe you haven't even tapped into audience. Thanks, darling. In addition to thanking Sarah for coming on the show and sharing some of this information with us, I also want to thank her for the time commitment and energy that she gives to the coaching profession as a whole. If you'd like to know more about the ICF, their website is coachfederation.org. And if you'd like to know more about Sarah, be sure to check out the show notes for this show where you will get some more information about and her links for LinkedIn and her website and those kinds of things. So one of the things that I would just encourage you to do is think about how do you want to stay abreast of information regarding our profession around changes, around new innovative ideas. And that's certainly something that I'm committed to continue to bring you through this show. So if you never want to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so that every Wednesday you get a new Star Coach show downloaded to your device. If you're enjoying the show, I would appreciate a rate and review so that more coaches can find the show and access the incredible information that our guests bring each and every week. Speaking of new information, we've got shows coming up on 
providing fearless feedback to leaders, to our clients. How do we collect feedback? How do we deliver feedback? We have a show regarding resiliency and moving from high performance to high resiliency and what that does for our clients and so much more. So until next week, this is your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a wonderful week.